And everybody, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Chat, Ask Me Anything series. Today, we've got Brad Hartnett from DFF, the Dynasty Football Factory, joining us. He's a staff writer for both the Dynasty and the Debbie content over there at the Dynasty Football Factory team. Rookie ranker, Debbie ranker, personal trade calculator maker, and values a long term over the short term. He's not the best to redraft, but he's here today with us. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Zach? Another day in paradise. Feeling good, living better. Uh, as yeah, I mean, I like the edit you made on my bio, by the way. I said I suck at redraft, and you uh, you gave me a little a little better wording on that. So I appreciate that. Uh, I figure that in terms of relativity, you certainly don't suck uh, when speaking to the crowd that we have here. Um, <laughs> I, I would appreciate it. I would be fairly certain that you would run circles around us in any league but uh yeah we'll uh jump right into the questions here but before we do that is there anything that you want to plug into uh the community here some projects or anything going on in your neck of the woods that we need to be checking out um so it's kind of similar to what you got at so i make um personal trade calculators so i just make them they're just little excel docs where you can plug in your rankings and tiers, and it will create a trade calculator for you. Um, it's fun if you want to get into it. It's an inverse logarith logarithmic function. Uh, so I lost everyone already. But um, what we're doing at DFF is we're working on getting a DFF consensus trade calculator out there. So if you want to check that out when we get it in, I'll be happy to uh, send it over into your discord because this discord is popping off let me tell you i had i had trouble even finding my way around here you guys did a great job appreciate that uh yeah it's been a long and arduous process but uh pretty proud of where we're sitting at right now and only uphill from here uh got a lot of big things on the horizon so um website coming soon along with a number of other things so damn uh, killing it Trying to, trying to. Start from the bottom, and now we're here, as a popular <laughs> Aubrey Graham once said. Uh, let's, ju let's jump right into these questions here, and we'll make it a tough one. Which incoming rookie are you having the most trouble ranking these days, and why is that? I could go a bunch of different routes here. Um, to be honest, I think the, the biggest one is, I mean, it's two. It's Justin Jack Wilson. And it's really who is going to dive on that Jets grenade. So whoever goes second, I'm going to have a lot of trouble figuring out how to how to rank them. And they they have a new front office, a new coaching staff. But in the last 20 years, there's only been two Jets that finish as a wide, as a quarterback one. So I, I'm thinking that. We might have to fade whoever lands there, even if it's Justin Fields. And I love Justin Fields. I'm so long on Justin Fields and Debbie that, I mean, I'm hoping it's Wilson. But, yeah, trying to wade through that mess is going to be – it's going to be a real issue. And you uh, aren't on the bandwagon now that uh, Gase is gone, that the Jets issues are magically going to disappear? Gates was uh, Gates wasn't there all twenty years, so no, I think it might be organizational. Mm. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, I mean, really, we hope really for the best for whoever lands there, but 
I mean, they're kind of going to be if you're if you're choosing like you have fields, you have the 103 and you take the Jets quarterback. That doesn't feel good in Superflex. No, no, it does not at all, at all, regardless of the talent there. I definitely see what you're saying. Um, speaking of Debbie, Sam wants to know some big Debbie sleepers and he plays C2C and all sorts of that. So you could probably go as deep as you'd like, but what are some players, let's say that you're pounding the table for that the rest of the consensus uh, just really hasn't caught on yet, or maybe they're even you're going against the grain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Deuce Vaughn, Kansas state running back. He's five foot six. He looks like the next Darren Sproles. So you can get him maybe seventh, eighth round, C to C, and um, and in Devi both. Um, so that's one. Jalen Wally, Ole Miss. He's kind of emerged as uh, Mike Leach's best pass catcher. So he's even deeper. You can get him around the tenth to fifteenth round. And I don't want to lose hope on Demond Demoss. He didn't play. I don't. I don't even know if he played a snap last year. But his athleticism is next worldly. So if he gets the opportunity, and I know it's been two years since he's played football, but if he gets the opportunity, he could be a, a 2023 round one guy. I love to hear it. Love to hear it. I've uh, I've been way too scared to dip my toes into that C to C league world. Uh, I mean, just Debbie alone is. A lot. I can only imagine trying to combine everything all together. It's you would have to be like a one league thing for me. I think. Otherwise, yeah, wouldn't be doing it justice personally. But you're you said that you just started your first C2C startup, right? Um, it's it's not my first, but yeah, I'm currently in a CDC startup. We're on the um, NFL side right now, and um, let me tell you the worst thing about CDC. It's not understanding and knowing the rules and having a grasp on all the players. It's having to be on fan tracks. It's just the worst platform. Mm. Man. And fan tracks is the only platform as of now, like not even MFL or anybody like that can. Yeah, MFL doesn't have it. Um, I think Sleeper might be working on it, which would be an upgrade. But there aren't that many. um, There aren't that many platforms that have college. I would rather have sleeper have auction options before they bring on. For sure. I'm big. I'm a big MFL over sleeper guy. Yeah. I just wish the platform was prettier, I guess. We're also Mm -hmm. considering uh, developing a face football platform here, but but it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Yeah. Sorry, you kind of cut out a little bit. Are you saying um, 2022 wide receivers? Uh, uh, Are you worried? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm having trouble hearing you, but I see the question. I am very, very worried about Pickens. Um, So he's not a guy that I liked before the injury. He's kind of a a bigger, stiffer mover, kind of, you're looking at like a red zone target, really. And he he's not going to test well. He's going to run a late 
five, uh, four, five, four, six type of numbers. And now he is likely going to miss the season. I would think based on the timing of the ACL injury. So now he's probably going to come back in 2022, play that season, not go into the draft class. And then he's going to get pushed down to the 2023 class where I, I really like the 2023 class. It's a lot better than 2022, in my opinion. And you're having to wait an extra year for him. I mean, he's a sell for me. I have him around my rank 30 right now. And that's pre-injury. So post-injury, he's really going to be dropping in my ranks. I would get off of off of him as fast as I could if I'm rostering him anywhere. And um, a player I would pivot to, uh, Kayshawn Boot in the 2023 class, or Garrett Wilson, 2022. If you can get one of those values for him, that would be a steal, in my opinion. Gotcha. I think that's exactly what Sam was looking for in that answer, too. So he will be extremely happy to hear all that. <laughs> um, moving right along here, Huntsmaster says, what ripples in the fantasy game do you see coming? Rust, less preseason, extra home games, etc. As the NFL moves to a 17-game regular season, will this weigh in your strategy, I guess, all around? How will this affect your strategy? I guess is a good blanket question. Um, so a question is most of most of the people here are they do they play superflex or one quarterback? Uh well we play a lot of one quarterback, but I'd say it's a pretty even split. Like if you were to go personal versus mm-hmm. like our our okay. tournament is single quarterback. So let's go with that. All right, so one quarterback, I think the thing you're going to run into is we're going to see a lot more uh, low-impact injuries, so a guy missing like two or three games, and the the team's more willing to hold them out of those games because they have the extra year. So it might be kind of a strategic pivot going from uh, running back heavy to wide receiver heavy from that perspective, because you're going to, you're just going to see less injuries across the position um, in super flex leagues. What I think the biggest strategic and tactical output is going to be um, the risk of two bye weeks going forward. So rather than kind of like playing the stream on quarterback, you're really going to have to have three or four quarterback options going forward. So that's something I would be, prepared for because we know the NFL wants to go to 18 games. They want to have two preseason games. And I mean, they want to spread it out even more so than they're doing. So they have more national uh, national coverage games. So we're going to see a more more of a spread. We're not going to really be able to like put people in, people in our flex and then come like check it again before the four o'clock games. It's just going to be it's going to be a lot more planning before the weekend and before games start than kind of being able to stick with our kind of redraft mindset of set it and then we'll check again right before the four o'clock games. And I mean, you've said before that you favor the dynasty format over the redraft format. So that seems more dynasty oriented roster and four quarterbacks and 
or three or four quarterback options and whatnot. It seems like it's sliding more towards like a dynasty redraft mix of strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So for redraft only, I'd say if you are a quarterback streamer, you're going to have to plan to have those those three quarterbacks on your roster. You're not really going to have the waiver wire ability because, I mean, every the figuring out when the buys are, it's going to be tough. Do you think uh, that the fantasy football season should stay the way it is um, as far as you're like ending? Playoffs, right? Right, right. Like week six, week seventeen playoffs are still disgusting, or week sixteen playoffs are disgusting. Yeah, I I think that this is kind of going to be a tested season because I mean the big thing is we don't want week seventeen and what now week eighteen championship games because we don't know if the the key players are going to be sitting out. So I think the um the safe approach is to make the championship game two weeks and, and just, just push it back. So still the six, uh, still the 13 game regular season and then go into the one, uh, one week playoffs with a two week championship. I think that's going to be the best way to kind of hedge against, against the unexpected this year. Previous guests have mentioned too, that having those extra, having the extra game almost, might open up the idea of making a longer fantasy season because there's more options. So you might have the stud, studs playing the later weeks because there could still be that pivot for the wild card teams and, you know, home team advantage and all that stuff. So um, definitely it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and I am nervous about my drafting strategy um, mm-hmm. because. Uh, I honestly have no clue how it's going to all factor in. So can't wait to go back and listen to everybody's answers because I feel like that question gets asked a lot around here. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question too. It's going to, it's going to make or break a lot of people's bankrolls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like COVID did this past year to <laughs> a lot of people, it sort of separated those. I, that are I, I laughing. That, it's not funny. It's not funny, but yeah. I mean, everyone's ready for this COVID thing to be over. Hope everyone's getting vaccined up and getting back to normal. I swear, I swear. Working in the pharmacy 40 hours plus a week and dishing out the vaccine. Now everybody needs to be getting the vaccine. But yeah. get your microchip every ASAP, everybody. Um, but uh, moving right along here, what team do you think will have the biggest bounce back year and what player do you think will have the biggest impact on that team? I mean, it's almost cheating, but it's the 49ers. They're getting either a healthy Garoppolo back, which I mean, Shanahan's crushed it with a health, healthy Garoppolo. They have that third pick, which I mean, if you, if everyone remembers 2017, the 49ers had that second pick. And they kept pushing out into the ethos that they were getting Mitch Trubisky with it, forced the Bears to trade up to, to get Mitch Trubisky, and then they didn't even they didn't even draft the position. So now they're pushing Mac Jones out this year. And I just recently did a QB comparisons article, and I have Mac Jones as a combination between Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo. So it doesn't really make sense to me why why they would move on from Jimmy Garoppolo 
use mortgage their future on a young Jimmy Garoppolo and those three first round picks that they gave up to move up, I think they might be moving back down and kind of what we what we say is your rookie picks have the most value on draft day. They might have just made the trade early and just gain assets because it is draft day and somebody's going to move up to get that third quarterback. So that's something I'm going to be definitely watching them not taking a quarterback at three. I'd be interested to see if you could find that bet anywhere online that they do trade back like that. Surely somebody's got that online somewhere. Sure. That, that's, I mean, that's an interesting but that's an interesting point to make that they would do that to lock down that spot knowing that that quarterback's there and then be like, okay, well, actually, it's up for sale if you want it. Throw mm-hmm. us some offers. Yeah, and I think we know that uh, Justin Fields is having another pro day. I, I, Trey Lance is having another pro day where he might run. So they're going to have a lot more data on draft day than they did when they moved up to get the pick, which I believe that was the day where uh, Mac Jones and Justin Fields had their first pro day, or their Mac Jones' second, Justin Fields' first pro day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think they might just be playing the hype and gaining value and, you know, rolling the dice with Jimmy Garoppolo. They have an out in 2023. And, I mean, if they play any Debbie, they might know DJ Leungalole. Yeah, I think 49ers, a team that could bounce back. Uh, I'm a Patriots fan. They're not mm-hmm. going to be the team that bounces back. They, uh, People are saying Justin Fields to the Patriots. Um, Patriots, as they always do, are going to trade back. They're going to accrue future picks. And, I mean, it's going to be an uninspiring Cam Newton year again, I think. So kind of bring the Jimmy Garoppolo Patriots to New England hype. Uh, but you got James be... White back. I mean – the great almighty James White returning. Isn't that enough for you as a Patriots fan? <laughs> I love me some James White. He's got them uh, sweet feet. I was so disappointed last year. I had really high hopes going into the draft for him. I had a lot of shares of him. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Was not utilized like I expected. I was like, oh, he's not going to be CMC, but he could be like CMC light, but certainly was not utilized like that. Yeah, you got to be careful when you're looking at those kind of zero RB running back targets because typically they'll have one really high productive year and then they'll go back to being kind of an RB3, RB4 for the rest of their career. So you kind of got to be ahead on them, get that one good year and sell rather than buying them the year after. So, I, I mean, I agree. I had a lot of James White in like the ninth round and he just, I mean... We should have known with Cam Newton that he he was going to just destroy the any upside those running backs had, but we didn't we didn't take it into account enough. And now we know. Watch now James we... White just absolutely feast this year. He'll finish mm-hmm. with like a top twelve finish, and we'll be mad again. Yeah. Uh, concerns have arisen over Ezekiel Elliott and if he's capable of producing RB one numbers again. What are your expectations with him this upcoming year? And do you think he's still worthy of a top five pick in any redraft league? He's specifying redraft. 
Mm -hmm. you, yeah, so I think this is this is really the do or die year for Ezekiel. He's running into that, um, you know, that third year where guys get the running backs, they get the big payday. And then this is kind of the year that he has where if, if he has a down year, he might be traded out of Dallas altogether or cut even just like Gurley. Um, so can he produce running back numbers? Absolutely. Is, can he produce running back, maybe the overall fourth running back numbers? Yeah, for sure. He He's always produced well with Dak Prescott in the backfield. Last season, they lost Dak Prescott. Ezekiel Elliott didn't really produce. They're getting Dak Prescott back. I expect Ezekiel Elliott to have a very strong year. But this is where you kind of look at that divide where, yeah, Go get Ezekiel Elliott in the redraft league, especially if you're around like fifth, sixth, seventh pick. Sure. But in Dynasty, where do you take a guy that might only have one more year? Are you using a third round pick on Ezekiel Elliott in Dynasty? I, I don't think I'd do that. Fourth round pick? I'm not sure I'd do that either. So in redraft, yeah, I, I, I think if we were to play range of outcomes, I think Ezekiel Elliott is in that like RB3 to RB7 range in the season. Next year, though, not so sure. Oh, it's a shame. That's a shame. What about Tony Pollard? How do you feel about him while we're talking about the Cowboys? Uh, I mean, he is a... Uh... Just, he's just a, another he's guy. Yeah, he's he's a he's a guy. If Zeke gets hurt and misses time, Tony Pollard's going to be a guy that kind of they plug in, and he's going to be a very very productive fantasy running back. I'm not sure he's a very good actual running back. I'm not sure he's like nobody's going to be going out. No NFL team is going to be going out and trading for Tony Pollard. Watch out, the Lions. The Lions <laughs> might just have to go out and do that. If he was a tight end, I'd say the Bears would go out and sign him. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> staying on the topic of bell cow running backs and how we were just talking about the 17-game uh, regular season, uh, with that move, do you see the end of the bell cow running back with the – there's only a few remaining anyhow. Um but that it'll be almost a strict RBBB, RBBC uh, across the board to keep everybody healthy for playoff runs? No, I don't think... Uh, so we have to keep in mind that RB1, RB2 basically missed the whole season last year. So we're, we're a little lower on RBs this year because of that. Um, the 17-game season, I think it's going to elevate the bell cow running backs because those, those bell cow running backs that get 20 plus touches a game and stay healthy they're going to be even more valuable because the replacement level player is going to be worse because of that rbbc so i think having a saquon barkley or a christian mccaffrey or a dalvin cook or a travis etn is still going to be very very promising in fantasy What, who are the top five of running backs coming off the board this year, not including any rookies? Um, we'll say half PPR, um, whatever format, super flex, just top five running backs 
there are in the league coming off the board next year for you? Mm-hmm. So you have uh, McCaffrey and Saquon. Those are kind of two that are supplanted. If they're if they're looking healthy, they're going to be weekly top five running backs throughout the season. After that, you kind of have a a question mark. You have question marks. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack coming back. We don't know if we can plug him in as top five. Alvin Kamara with the new quarterback situation. We can't be sure that he's top five. I think a sneaky guy that'll finish top five is Aaron Jones. But we're not 100% sure what his long-term value is because of the question marks with Aaron Rodgers there. Um, so those the top three so far, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, uh, Aaron Jones. I'd put Alvin Kamara in there regardless just because of his skill set at four and five we we got to just keep pounding the drum with derrick henry this year i mean he's the rushing champ until he's not the rushing champ right Uh, that's what i was going to say yeah so derrick henry uh question marks with him long term obviously but i mean if you're on twitter at all you see the workout videos the guy's an absolute beast there's no reason why he shouldn't do what he did last year. So long as he keeps that little rat tail thing going on on the back of his head, <laughs> I, I will keep drafting him every year. All right. It's got to be like Samson or something like that. I don't know where the power comes from. Maybe that's it. Maybe we just discover the secret right there. Yeah. But Call Henry. Call. <laughs> um, looking at the... Most recent years, how would you rank the draft classes in terms of overall offensive talent? And we'll look from, let's say, 2020 up through 2023. Yeah, so I think I, I think we have to kind of look at this positionally because r- ranking draft class as a whole gets a little tricky. Um, n- needless to say, 2022 is the worst at every position. Like 2022, I'm tr- I'm trying to trade my 2022 picks for 2021 picks, 2023 picks. I'll even take 2024 picks for them, even though it's two years in the future. Like, I mean, after Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, they they already lost. As we talked about before, we lost George Pickens. Basically, it's just it's not looking like a strong draft. But uh, to get back on track, I'd say. In the quarterback position, we kind of have two two winners. You have this class with obviously Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson's a high riser. Twenty twenty three, you have similarly DJ Uyunglele, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and then more people will have those late draft season ascensions. So those are kind of the one A, one B, and then you go twenty twenty with Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Tua, who I think is going to have a, a really nice bounce back year this year, Jalen Hurts, and then 2022 would be the worst of those at the quarterback position. Looking at running back, I mean, it's impossible to argue anything other than 2022 as the top class. They, I mean, that's going to be the, the fantasy relevant running back group for quite some time now. Then after, uh, I'd go 2023. Uh, Bijan, we got Tank, Bigsby, we got Jameer, Gibbs, 
we got a lot of promising prospects coming up in the running back position in 2023. And then, I mean, 2021, you have ETN, Harris, and Williams. 2022, you have Hall. Uh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm uh, Spiller out of uh, Texas a and I, I think you kind of have a tie between 2021 and 2022 at the running back position. Looking at wide receivers, you can basically just go in order 2020, 2021, then 2023, then 2022. Uh, and the tight end position, it's really 2021 is the only class that has very, very strong tight ends. Uh, 2023, if Eric Gilbert gets everything in order, he he should be good. But I'd really, if I'm if I have a need at tight end, I'd be addressing it this year in dynasty leagues. There's one question that gets brought up a bunch, and that is the, um, how big of a gap is it, and between taking Kyle Pitts at, you know top six versus waiting for Brevin or uh, Farmuth um, with the incoming rookie rookie draft only. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's obviously a big gap. Farmuth might go in the first round and that'll kind of close the gap a little. But if I miss on hits, to be honest, I'm waiting until Hunter Long. He he compares favorably to Travis Kelsey. He tested very well for the tight end position at his pro day, and he's been productive. So I, I, I have him above Brevin Jordan, below Pat Fryermuth, but at their current values, I'd go Hunter Long. Interesting. And how how quickly would you take Pitts? if given the chance, like at what point, like if you have a top three pick, are you taking pits? If it's single QB? Single QB, top three pick, have a need at the position, yes. Okay. Top three pick, don't have a need at the position, maybe because you could stack Pitts and another top tight end and have even more of an advantage at the position. But in my opinion, it's Travis Etienne, it's Najee Harris, it's Jamar Chase are the top three in single QB. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, you know I love me some Rondale Moore. I wouldn't take him at that value, top three but I'm positioning myself to get into the late first to take Rondell Moore at his current value. Well, we're going to go ahead and skip one question. We'll go back to it, but um, we're going to, we've got a question about that pin tweet thread referencing your love and the numbers love for Rondell Moore. You want to sing his praises for us here in the chat. And if you're looking for a weakness in him as a player, what would you say is his greatest one? His uh, greatest weakness, yeah, it's hard to call out any weaknesses for a player that benches or squats three times their body weight, put up more than 20 reps on the bench press, runs a 4-2-40 and jumps 40 inches, and produced at the college level in the Big Ten. It's hard to say he has any weaknesses. The only one really is 
his availability. He's missed the last couple of years, but you have to also take into effect that hit he took in his sophomore year. He should have tore his ACL. That was that should not have been a hamstring injury. So this guy's he's built and he's just had some trouble getting back. And he's been trying to get back on a bad team. So you have to take that into account, too, is like like Christian McCaffrey last year. The Panthers weren't rushing to get him back because they weren't going to contend in the playoffs. So Purdue wasn't really pushing Rondale to come back because they weren't really competitive. So you kind of have to take that. He he missed the games, but how much of that was on him? How much of that was on them? And then this season, he missed the early part of the season, but that was because he was trying to get an insurance policy on his legs. So he was waiting for that. He wasn't missing games at the beginning because he was hurt. Um, so availability is a weakness. In another weakness, he might not be able to play outside receiver at the NFL, but we've seen slot re receivers be just as, if not more effective for fantasy football. So. That's not something I'm worried about, but like if he goes to a decent landing spot, you get this guy, just feed him the ball, get him in space. He's be he be my, my comparison to Rondale Moore is DeAndre Swift with how he moves. They just, they move so similarly, similarly, he's so explosive. Um, I mean, I don't see any holes in his game. And I think I, I've listened to podcasts. Obviously, I'm huge on Rondale Moore. He seems like a, a very cerebral guy. So I think he's going to be a good, he's going to be an Antonio Brown type of guy who's in the gym nonstop getting better with that drive. Not really like the Devontae Parker types who kind of just believe that they're skilled and, you know, just they show up for practice. They're not in the gym working hard. So, Rondale Moore, I think he's going to be a very, very, very good professional football player. All righty. I gave Rondale Moore his time to shine, so we'll jump back up here to Toddy's question of, do you see any particular quarterback surprising us and sneaking into the QB1 territory this season? If so, please spill the beans. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So we saw last year on a small sample size, Jalen Hurts was up there on his average. The guy that's going to sneak in, though, at current draft price is going to be Tom Brady. They brought back the entire team. He was a borderline quarterback one last year. He probably won you a couple championships if you played him. I remember, what was it, like four touchdowns at halftime in championship weekend. So I, I think Tom Brady is going to be the quarterback to buy in one quarterback or two quarterback leagues, especially, especially redraft, where you, do, where you don't have to worry about if he's playing next season or not. Excellent. Excellent. Um, let's see here. Which free agents are you most closely monitoring their potential landing spot? And I'll go ahead and mention that James Conner is currently on his way to visit the Cardinals right now for hmm. a sleeping notification. Well, that'll ruin our zero running back Chase Edmonds shares. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very upset um, about that. <laughs> Man, the, the free agency is mostly over at this point, so it's 
it's kind of hard to say that anyone will that's currently a free agent will have a real impact in fantasy this season. Um, Let's see the here. Free agent who at the beginning of the process who made the biggest splash, I'd say Hunter Henry. I think we're we're looking at New England and saying. They got John o. Smith. He's more athletic. They got Hunter Henry. And we kind of want to say they're going to be playing the Hunter Henry in the Gronk position and the uh, John o. Smith in more of that. We don't even, I don't even want to say his name position um, from that 2012 draft class. Uh, so I think that Hunter Henry is kind of being pushed down in rankings now based on landing spot. But I think he could be very productive there and could be a great value i almost posted a question earlier about which tight end you would favor from uh new england this year whether it be john new or hunter henry i think it's going to be hunter henry if we're we're under the assumption that cam newton's playing cam newton is more likely going to throw to the big guy because i mean we know cam's going to be throwing within two seconds he's going to throw to the big guy with a big catch radius similar to his, his good friend uh greg olson so yeah i think Janu is kind of the fool's gold and hunter henry is the player to own there that's okay with me i have uh shares of both i've always been against the john new smith hype train that's never seemed to land in station um other free agents uh let's see here uh tj yeldon oh don't sell him short um <laughs> yeah he might gold. be a good uh derrick henry backup again he played that role well good at alabama but he's he's not going to be a starter anywhere you don't think you don't think Le'Veon or um, Gurley signs anywhere and might actually retain their value, or did I miss either of those signings already? No, no, neither of them is signed. But I think they're going to be more along the lines of you remember that Sam Bradford trade from the Eagles to the Vikings after Teddy Bridgewater went down. I think they're kind of going to be in that mold where a team is going to have an off-season injury and have a need at the position rather than wanting to pay them. Because, I mean, you have to also take into account what is what, how much money are they going to get in, in free agency? What team is going to give up $2 million for a running back right now? It sounds like Devonta Freeman all over again. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. Oh, what a fall from grace that was. Makes well, me sad. It it was a meteoric rise as well, though. Yeah, it really was. That that two years with him and Tevin Coleman both working hand in hand together, great years, mm-hmm. great years. But ever since then, just uh, gross to look at, like an accident. You know, you can't can't take your eyes off of it, but you want to look away. Um, <laughs> exactly. As your intro into the WF explanations in one of the articles that you hooked us up with, that uh, Superflex Dynasty Leagues are taking over the Dynasty community as the most popular startup setting. As the most popular startup setting. If you were starting up a league right now, what are your preferred settings for format, size, scoring, roster build, 
and what's one setting more leagues should implement across the board? Okay, so last question, what is one setting more leagues should implement startup specifically? There is one setting that I absolutely love and I think everyone should go out and try. It's a hybrid startup draft with the first few rounds being an auction. Everybody gets a certain amount of bankroll. That bankroll goes into uh, waiver wire uh, money after if you still own it during the draft. but say let's say it's a three round auction before you get into the draft that's so much better for building the team your way than doing a randomized draft order where like one person will just kind of randomly fall into christian mccaffrey or patrick mahomes just because they got lucky whereas in this kind of auction setup everyone can kind of build their team their way if you want to pay up for a Mahomes or McCaffrey or somebody else, and then kind of get a, a lesser player or two at the end, you can do that. If you want to focus on getting stacking a bunch of late first round picks, you can do that. That is easily my favorite setting and something that everybody should give a try. Um, so setting up a league now, format, I think you have to go to Superflex. I just... The reason for super flex is because quarterback is the most important position in the sport. So it should be in our fantasy version of the sport as well, in my opinion. It just it doesn't make sense devaluing the most important position and overvaluing the least important position in football, running backs. Um, that's one thing I think everyone should start making the pivot to. Size, that's really a, a personal preference. Uh, do you want it to be a 10 league, uh, 10 team league and have super stacked rosters? Do you want it to be 16 and really award the people who are good drafters? I, I think the standard is always going to be 12 teams, though. When we look, when we talk about an RB1, we're always talking about top 12. I just I don't think that we're going to be able to go away from that. So that seems like the best way to get the best owners into the league is having 12 teams. Roster build. I'm a huge fan of the uh, many flex positions. So you start one at each, one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end. And then you have a super flex, as I mentioned before. And then you have three or four other flex positions. So that lets people really build a team how they want to and not, not kind of be forced into drafting a certain position such as like the three wide receiver leagues, those are kind of overvaluing wide receivers. Two wide receiver leagues are overvaluing running backs. The many flex really gives people the flexibility, obviously, to build the team their way. So that's that's what I would do. And then having a Devi aspect, um, for people who haven't done any Devi, I would say a league that has maybe two rounds of a Devi draft would be a great way to get into it. And I mean, you know, get some experience, get into the field, do your own research on Debbie players, but also not have that huge um, premium on Devies and not have not being super pressured to get all your Debbie picks right year one jumping into it. So I'd say doing that um, for me, somebody who plays Debbie, I like somewhere in the like six to eight rounds of Debbie drafts per year.
Yeah, it's not too much either. I mean, that's plenty of wiggle room to, you know, definitely not make or break your season one mm-hmm. way or the other. Yep, um, and you can still – Devi also gives you the opportunity to rebuild a little more easily, so to say, because you have the picks and the players are already defined. So you can – it's a little easier trading, say, a Travis Kelsey for – a Bijan Robinson than a 2023 first, just because you know where that landing spot is going to be. You're signed into that player. A free agent that we uh, we forgot about, uh, going back to that, Antonio Brown, somebody who could make an impact where he lands if it's not back with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'd assume that Tampa Bay was just bringing the whole gang back at this point. Yeah, I don't think he goes back until I think they're looking round one wide receiver. If not, bring back Antonio Brown. Looking at looking at some of those slot guys, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, if they can land one of them, I think they move on. If not, I think they bring them back and go with a second or third round, more of a project guy, but not somebody who's going to be a year one impact. It's crazy that Antonio Brown is living the American dream of the fact that he did absolutely everything wrong in his step to where he got and ended up with a championship ring. Oh, man, but everyone's killing Deshaun because he got a couple massages is the information that we have now. Information that may come out later could change that. But as of right now, I mean, we're Antonio Brown rapes people and Deshaun Watson got erect during massages. And I mean, I'm sure he wasn't, he's a kid. He's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's wild. I mean, we all have seen like the Instagram video stories of him like throwing stuff at the cars and all that. It's just like, yeah. how did he end up with a ring at the end of that? What sort of voodoo magic did he work? Yeah. But... I mean, if we're going to throw an asterisk on anything, it has to be Antonio Brown's entire career. Or just his mental stability in general and have his <laughs> career be a part of that. Um, yeah, we don't we don't need an asterisk on his mental stability. Everyone knows where that's at. <laughs> that's in the toilet already. No need to put an mm-hmm. asterisk next to that. Um, coming up on close to an hour here, so we'll uh, try to fire off a few of these here. Yeah, and um, I I haven't got pinged by work, so I can stay as long as as long as work allows me. Unfortunately, uh, I I, I have the hard out this uh, mm-hmm. this afternoon. Yep. I feel terrible now. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Enjoy your family. Uh, I know you haven't seen them so um, much since this all yeah. started. I swear. I swear. Um, but right back into it. Common Bitten Dynasty rankings is to only consider the next three years. Do you feel that's accurate due to how quickly situations change? Or is it still still too short of a time frame for su- sustained success? Tuba's always asking these questions that are tongue twisters way too much. Yeah, I think it's a good proxy for looking at players. I mean, you have a good idea who's going to not be in the league three years from now. But then if if you're looking at three years only, you're going to kind of push down some of those rising players. So I, I like to I, I look at it in three years, but you also like to consider like Jonathan Taylor might be in the league for the next eight, nine years, so you want to take that into account as well. 
Sam is an aspiring, uh, well, actually, Tuba and Sam both are in the fantasy football content creation realms, and he's looking for one piece of advice that you can give to those trying to enter the fantasy industry with a uh, with a big splash. Yeah, so this is one that I can actually, uh, an expert on. So DFF actually isn't my first company. I actually work for Pyromaniacs. And if you're going to get into the industry, my advice to you is find a role that's going to pay you. It doesn't have to be much, but just getting like a couple bucks here and there for putting an article out, it really kind of validates the hours that you put into it. So I worked for Pyromaniacs for free. I had a podcast. I was doing all of their updates to the site. And I just got, and then dealing with people on Twitter in itself sucks. Um, so I just got so fed up and burnt out. So having a little bit of money coming your way is the best way to kind of, you know, make the most of your time while also doing something you love. And piggybacking on that question, what's one thing that aspiring content creators spend too much time doing and where else would they be better off spending that time instead? Uh, spend too much time on Twitter, spend more time creating content. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, just keep and your sanity. That too. I'll just say, uh, I understand Twitter for the networking, but at the same time, some of the stuff you read on there, it's just like, goodness gracious, please log off for yourself yeah. and for the rest of us. For real. Um, I got two days worth of comments and, and notifications and whatnot on a, a satirical post where I basically compared all of the wide receivers to Hall of Famers and Devonta Smith to Kate Moss. I don't know if I'll ever hear the end of that because people just they don't you you can't tell when somebody is joking and when they're being honest i love that tweet though i got quite a kick <laughs> out of it yeah it was a it was a fun one i actually started a stupid people list <laughs> so they they got brad has put you in stupid people list when they <sighs> when they took it as a serious tweet that is that hilarious was, that was fun so I'm actually, do you want me to just fly through some of these questions to try to get everything we can in the next four minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay, for it. great. Dom, George. you have Ohio State wide receivers. Who is going to be best? That's going to be Garrett Wilson. I think Jackson Smith Njigba is going to be good, too. Olave is going to be good, but Wilson has the highest ceiling. Um, was Gio Bernard holding Mixon back? LOL. I, I think you're right on the LOL. Um, Jay Howard, Sanders, Hertz, and Rieger all coming into 2021. I think they're very likely to add another wide receiver like Jalen Waddell. So that's going to be a situation kind of like the New England running back situation where, I mean, just take the cheapest one and hope for the best. Uh, Devonta Smith's weight, um, worried or not, breakout age, worried or not, Sam. No, no, he's the Heisman. He did it against the SEC. Look at the cornerbacks that he did it against in his four years. They're round one through three draft picks. He he's he should be fine. I I don't I'm not holding his weight or his lack of low breakout age against him. He broke out. That's that's more than you can say about some other people. Um, RBs in the three four range that are approximately uh, Harris, Mostert, David Johnson, Drake. 
Gaskins, Moss, Edmonds, Fournette, and Connor. Who has the best opportunity? Chase Edmonds, we kind of touched on it earlier. If he gets the lion's share of Arizona's touches, he could be, as you as you mentioned, Connor, if he lands there, could as well. And I think San Fran, when you have Raheem Mostert, that might be the popular choice, but that's going to be a running back committee as it has been in past years. Um, do to do running back handcuffs, a widely underestimated aspect of dynasty. What are your thoughts on having the notable handcuffs? Do it. You want that. You want that security that if your star goes out, you have a replacement. So do it. I, I don't see why people would be down on handcuffs. I mean, you're not drafting them earlier than they would go. So what's what's the downside of having a handcuff? There is none. So Tuba, I like that question. Um, who are my favorite handcuffs? I mean, we touched on it. It's it's Tony Pollard. It's Alex Madison. It's whoever is the second guy in Carolina. It's whoever Saquon Barkley's uh, handcuff is. I, I think Wayne Gallman moved on, but yeah. Just handcuffing the the high end guys. Um, another high utility guy could be Marlon Mack. If Jonathan Taylor goes down, he would kind of step into that J Jonathan Taylor role with Naheem Hines being the pass catcher, as we saw last year. So that has a lot of opportunity. Um, players being hyped in the dynasty community that I am avoiding at their anticipated price. Najee Harris. I, I think he, unless he goes to the Steelers or the Falcons, I think he's going to be overdrafted. Um, a veteran that's being overhyped. It's hard to say. We kind of we we know what they uh, we kind of know what they are. Going through this, um, twenty twenty two class, uh, hey, corporate casual twenty twenty two class is being overlooked, looked over. Um, is this something you agree with? Yeah, we kind of touched upon it earlier, um, trading out of 2022. And to be more specific, I traded a 2022 first for LaVisca Chenault. I would trade a 2022 first for a 2023 first and, and an additional rookie pick if you can get that thrown in. But yeah, I mean, if you're not, if, if let's just say this isn't a good year to start a rebuild. This this is a year you want to be going all in and be fine being kind of at the end of the 2022 class or not really, you know, not loading up on 2022 first round picks. If you are doing a rebuild, kind of pushing those off to next year and getting the uh, Tank Bigsby, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Kayshawn Boot types. And it looks like, are there any questions that were overlooked or I think we might have hit them all? No, you hit them all. You flew right through those. Well done. And right on the money in the time frame, too. Awesome. And so I will say getting back on the um, content creation, if you're looking to get into the industry, reach out to me on Twitter. We're always looking for new people at DFF. Like I said, uh, we, we they do pay. All you have to do is really submit an introductory article to kind of go to our editing staff for for their approval and yeah we're always looking to add new people it's paid and we have a great little community if you are looking for moving into a position that will pay or if you are looking at getting into the industry definitely feel free to reach out to me
Excellent. You heard it. You heard it here, folks. So uh, to everybody that's listening, be sure to reach out to Brad on Twitter again. Uh, let me give you a second to plug yourself here one more time before we log off for the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, Dynasty Diagnose One Twitter. Uh, DFF is where all my content is going right now. Um, personal Trade Calculator maker so that's an excel sheet where you can plug in your own rankings and use as a trade calculator i have a little uh, patreon no money just where i posted the link so you can go and find that um and yeah that's that's everything for me it was a pleasure coming on with you zach hey uh the pleasure's all mine i assure you uh it was uh it was a blast i uh was going to say thank you for coming on uh yeah i'm sure you probably had more fun things to be doing monday afternoon but appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to come on here and answer our questions and you and anybody from the rest of the dff team are always more than welcome to make an appearance on here uh it's a standing invitation so if at any point you want to come back just let me know We'll be in touch and we can make the magic happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And whenever, if you ever want me, just reach out. We'll uh, we'll work out a time and a place just like we did this time. It was great coming on. Excellent. Uh, don't be a stranger, my man. And uh, for everybody listening in, thanks for joining us. I'll have the upload here uh, by the end of the evening because I'm pretty sure my man's online here that can do the work for me. Otherwise, this is Space Ghost Force. A.K. Zach signing off here with Brad Hartnett from DFF. Uh, It was another pleasure AMA. And we'll see everybody on Thursday, I believe. I don't know the guests off the top of my head, so we'll just call it a surprise for now. Talk to you all later and signing off. Mm